Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is the opioid crisis a national public emergency which the federal government must take steps on and quickly? As politicians, public health officials, and families who have been directly involved are meeting on the issue, the question is also raised about the many Canadians in an aging national population who live with severe and debilitating 24-7 pain they describe as torture and whose lives are made bearable by opioid pain medication must these patients fear their medication will be denied going forward. This is a uh, this is a major issue uh, in Canada, in the United States, and beyond. Joining me on the program to speak to this is uh, Dr. David Urlink from the Faculty of Medicine. He's the head of the Division of Clinical Pharmacology and Toxicology at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Expertise is in drug safety and Canada's opioid crisis. Dr. Urlink, thank you very much for the time. Can I just start at the beginning? Would you explain to us... The, the depth of this opioid crisis, what do we need to know? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty substantial. Um, we have somewhere in the order of about 2,500 to 3,000 people who will die this year in Canada alone. And over the last two decades, have probably lost 20 or 25,000 citizens to, um, to opioids. Now, some of those people, a good many of them, had uh, addiction, but some of them just died during the course of well-intentioned treatment for pain. Some of the people who did die of addiction or who have it now got that way because of how the uh, drugs were prescribed to them. Um, but it's a, a crisis of the sort that we've not really seen before. It's, it's, it's a, it really is a, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but it's a disaster. Has this been coming along slowly or did it just suddenly explode into uh, onto the scene? Well, it, it's evolved over the last 20 years or so, and it, it has to do with how we treat pain, and you alluded in your opening to the importance of pain, and it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's an important problem, and it's one that doctors uh, are faced with every day, and uh, one of the things we often turn to is medication. Now, about, uh, in about the mid-90s, we began to start prescribing opioids much more readily than we historically had, uh, and because we were taught, we were told that you could do that and it would, the drugs would work well and that they could be used safely and that people wouldn't become addicted. Uh, and that message came, uh, you know, when you drilled into it, it came from the companies that ha- have subsequently made billions of dollars from the products. But it was delivered by, by pain experts who I think for the most part believed what they were saying. Um, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we now know that the, there was no good data to support those claims. Um, and it looks like somewhere in the order of 10% of people who go on long-term opioids become addicted. And the drugs do wear out over time, and they have a whole host of harms that we were not taught about. So what we've seen is the with, with the liberal prescribing of opioids, it's a message that doctors are quite happy to hear, by the way. I mean, we like when patients, are, when suffering is relieved, and it's gratifying when the patients come back and say, the medicine you put me on has helped me. Um, but we've become very familiar and very comfortable with using opioids, 
And what we've seen is this kind of rolling harm um, related to our prescribing. And it's evolved recently where, you know, now people are starting to source um, very dangerous synthetic chemicals like fentanyl and related drugs from China to feed um, to feed their problem when doctors start cutting them off or when they can no longer afford uh, the prescription stuff. Well, what happens then to patients who are living with massive chronic pain issues, unavoidable perhaps, in a rapidly aging population, patients uh, for whom life without their pain, opioid meds, as people have sent me emails, uh, they describe it as torture. What about these patients, maybe millions who haven't presented a, a, a problem? What, what should happen to them? Are they, are they going to well, be cut off? No, well, they shouldn't be. And I think this is an important point to make. And if there's any doctor listening to this program or any patient listening, I can't say this clearly enough. I mean, we have a, a crisis of addiction in Canada and in the U.S., but we're not going to fix that by destabilizing people on pain medicine and by cutting them off. We're going to make it worse, right? So if I have a patient on high doses of opioids for chronic pain, which is generally not a good idea, um, but they're out there, and they're out there in large numbers. If we start cutting their, their doses you know, in a hurry, um, uh, they're going to get sick. Uh, they're going to go into withdrawal, uh, and they might well seek whatever release they can get, including buying stuff on the street, and that's going to make things worse. So um, I think you know, it, it's a very complex issue. There, you know, if, if there are, let's say that there are a million patients in Canada on prescribed opioids every day, there's two kinds of people like that. There, there are people who are doing well, and there are people who are not doing well. And the problem here, to be very blunt about this, is that there are an awful lot of people who think they're doing well, but who aren't. And they're being harmed by their medicines in ways that they don't necessarily appreciate. They're very subtle, and it's, it's a long story. But the point is that you know what we need to do is prescribe much more responsibly, but, but cut is exactly the wrong thing to do. Dr. Erling, is there, uh, is there medication that is available that can actively and, and well substitute for the opioids? Yeah, well, that's part of the, part of the uh, urgency of treating patients with addiction. So, um, you know, if, if someone's, you know, shooting up heroin or snorting whatever they're snorting and um, they're doing it despite harm to themselves, uh, one of the key elements of therapy is getting them on something safer something like um, Suboxone or Buprenorphine is sort of the main drug in that group. You yeah. may have heard of methadone. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the person who is living an ordinary life and, uh, and, and, and has these. I was reading an article about this earlier today, mm-hmm. and it's very disturbing to hear what people are going through as far as pain is concerned. And, and if they are removed, they, they, they argue if, they're, if their opioid medications are removed from them, taken away from them, or reduced significantly, they will just not be able to continue to live. That's scary to hear. Well, it, it is, but let me reiterate that the, the taking their pain medicine away is not the right thing to do. Um, I will tell you with confidence that many of those people, um, and this is not a popular message, but it's true, many of those people uh, have pain that is being made worse by opioids. Okay, So this is an underappreciated side effect of these drugs. As the dose goes up, uh, the pain transforms, and it goes from low back pain to pain all over. Uh, and it's a horrible thing, uh, but it's not widely perceived by doctors or patients as a side effect of the drugs. And if you can take these people on these extraordinary doses, hundreds of milligrams of morphine or more per day, and slowly, and with their cooperation, slowly is the key word, bring them down over a period of weeks or months, you will often find that their pain gets better and their depression scores improve and their quality of life improves, and patients will tell you that. So it's a difficult conversation. It varies, of course, from patient to patient. Um, but but I, I want to reiterate, 
taking people's meds away uh, abruptly is exactly the wrong thing to do. And it's also critical, the numbers that you're, uh, you're, you're citing are, are critically, I mean, they're alarming. This is alarming to hear this, this information. So a lot of work has to go into this and a lot of objective work and, and a lot of cooperative work. Um, and, You're right. And at the end of the day, the patient is going to be. The, I'm talking again about the patient who requires the help. That's the person who needs the assistance. And um, I, I'm. Well, we'll see what comes out of this going forward. Uh, I think if I could just make one last point, it's important to be clear that people with opioids long term. Uh, we just don't know who they are when we start them on the therapy. And I can tell you that the higher the dose goes, the less likely it is that this is someone who's being helped more than harmed by their medicine. All right. Dr. Yerling, thank you so much for the time today. My pleasure.